0: Welcome to Clock Out, the Vicarious Life podcast. This is for the mavericks in the world who are on a mission to obtain freedom. What is freedom? We're about to find out. I'm your host, Tracy Miller, a free-spirited entrepreneur who has been chasing freedom her entire life. Beside me is my co-host, Jackie Asel, the anchor who keeps me grounded. Thanks for joining us. All right, we are back again for yet another episode of Clock Out. The Vicarious Life. And today I'm so excited. I get to introduce to you guys a dear friend, a, I would say a, an associate in the business, uh, Deb Penner. And I say associate in the, in the uh, business because we've done some, some work together through sponsorships. Uh, We have the same network of people, basically badass women that are always trying to enhance their lives in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Deb. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh my pleasure it is so exciting to have you this is not your first podcast before right what the, it is not
1: what other ones were you on I have been on people not po- I believe it's just people not politics oh interesting and then I actually did a podcast with the chronic athlete that that was never released so it was just a super fun conversation that we had together oh well, that, well that's
0: <laughs> sometimes just
1: as good right I have no complaints yeah
0: yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. I'm very, very, I guess, honored to have you on my show because I, I know you're busy. You're always out doing cool things. Um, you're running a very successful business, and so getting a couple minutes to get inside your head, it feels awesome because I think you charge for this type of thing normally, right? This well, is you know,
1: I like to. I do like to do my fair share of donating the space in my head.
0: The, oh, perfect. And that's a good way to say it: the space in your head, because that's kind of what. A coach does to a degree right you help me get
1: into the own my own space within my head to better my life is that right precisely yes that's one of the ways that i describe coaching is that it's like having a tour guide for your brain oh that's a scary rocky path if you... <laughs> <laughs> if you look out the left window you'll see your subconscious puncturing your tires <laughs>
0: That's true. That's for sure. Um, and so the name of your business is Drops in the Bucket. Correct. Tell me about that name. Where'd it come from?
1: So that comes from my concept of how we accomplish change. So I think that we have a tendency to forget that change is not a product. It's a process. So if you think about all of the decisions that you Make cumulatively. So you could imagine that your reality is this bucket and it's full of the individual choices that you have made. And that soup is your current reality. Interesting. It, yeah, but your bucket has a little bitty hole in the bottom, right? So your current reality is always able to pass out through the bottom of the bucket and you are always putting new things ah. in the top. So that means that every time we have the opportunity to make a choice, we have the opportunity to change the constituents that are making up our reality. Damn, that's intense. <laughs> no pressure.
0: No pressure, no. <laughs> so you're saying that we can teach old dogs new tricks?
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a huge hater of of mm-hmm. people can't change or people don't change. Yes, no, absolutely. I don't think that that's even remotely true. Right, no, absolutely. I mean, gosh,
0: there's people, I'm, well, I mean, I I would say both of us too, like we, we got starts later in life, life in our, like just in our business adventures. So if I would have stayed on the same road that I was on when I was say 25, I would still be, you know, a 25 year old running around, having a heck of a lot of fun and not doing too much productive
1: with my life. Right. So (laughs) somewhere I had to find a change. Yes. Yes. And I, my 25-year-old self would not even recognize me. Like we would, we would pass each other in the street and my 25-year-old self would be like, I don't know, that chick's kind of cool, but I don't have any idea who she is. Right. Tell me about young Deb. So young Deb was so very different than today's Deb. Um, I was very unaware of why I made the choices that I made. Like many young people, I was just kind of going along and ch- I call it checking the boxes. Sure. So you get this checklist from society at large or from your family or your subculture that you're part of. Uh, and in our culture, usually that checklist looks a lot like get good grades, get into college, get a degree, get mm-hmm. married, buy a house, start a family, rack up a whole lot of debt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spend the rest of your life paying for it, yep. etc. Uh and so like many young people, I was just I was just head down checking off the boxes. I was I have always been very focused and very determined. Sure. So I was checking off the boxes like a champ. Um I like my college experience was not the party hardy have a great time college experience. Sure. It was very focused on let's hurry up and get a degree and let's hurry up and be an adult and Oh wow. Uh, you know, all of those sorts of driven things. I w- young Deb was pathologically type A also okay. <laughs> super rigid yeah. um you know driven in a in a bad way kind of sure you know,
0: counterproductive.
1: Yes. yeah. and so very unaware just again just going through the motions very disempowered, mm. which people who know me today would be like, what? Yeah. That's not a thing for you.
0: Yeah. Like that would be, it's almost hypocritical because right now that's kind of what you empower. That's what you do is in, is help women specifically in your coaching business to be empowered, to make choices. So how crazy do you bring
1: that up in your, in your coaching business? Do you use yourself as an example? Occasionally, most of the time, if I'm in a coaching call. Then it's very much about my client, so I I might share something about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see more of that, like in my blog or on my social media or things sure. like that, where my story helps to inspire people to understand that they also sure could make the transitions that I've made. Beautiful, yeah, and that's I mean that brings us to a a, a
0: great topic. So you're for for a business, you are running just an outstanding coaching business, and it is. It is driven with your niche, 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 as we've talked in the past. (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce it and we say it differently. So your niche is working with women specifically. And then on top of that, I've seen that you've got some things on the side where it's more of a, uh, I don't know, like almost just a gathering. Is that some of the free stuff that you talk about for Headspace? To get with people? Yes, yeah.
1: So I do work specifically with women in my coaching practice. And then a lot of the offshoot things that I do are about women too. So um, we may come back around to this, but I have a women's retreat that I host mm-hmm. twice a year. Obviously, as a women's retreat, that's focused on women. Women, sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, and then I have a group coaching program that's also directed at women. That will be that I've done live, and I'll be re-releasing in the fall. And then I have a women's entrepreneur. I call it a mastermind. Mastermind. That's the word I was looking for. It didn't come. Okay. Yeah. So, and that is just a literally just an organic like let's get together, let's just flow into what everybody in the room needs today. So it's Mm -hmm. not anything that's structured. There's no dues, there's no board, there's no bylaws. I really just wanted a space for female entrepreneurs to be able to Mm -hmm. come together and network in that very feminine way, Mm -hmm. rather than having more of that divine masculine, like linear, processed, organized sort of, I feel like that's how business runs a lot. And so I feel like that's available, but I feel like what's missing for women in business is a space where we can lean a little bit more into the divine feminine and we can be a little bit more fluid and open and focused more on just helping and supporting rather than on directly like generating referrals generating leads generating business
0: yeah working doing the work and doing. yes so
1: that's doing that's a great word so the queen pins is what the mastermind is called and it's really more about being than it is about doing doing
0: beautiful yeah I, i was able to sit in on my first queen pin What was it like? Probably two, three weeks ago, and it and it was it was great. It was I I I walked into that not knowing what to expect, and I thought, well, I'll just kind of give this a feel, you know, be around other vibrant women that are doing the same things in different capacities, you know, they've got businesses of some sort, and I left there like so uplifted and recharged and just motivated to to create. I had the creative vibes flowing, but I didn't have like I didn't walk out of there with an oh my gosh pressure. I have to do this, this, this,
1: this, this. I left with like a, ooh, what's next? Like I feel good. Yeah. 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 And I that was a great, that meeting was a great example because again, we're not there like trying to create connections or trying to get referrals, but you connected somebody mm-hmm. with someone on your team that could help them with graphics. And then you found someone that you were looking for mm-hmm. in the room. And a couple of other ladies made connections on things that they were looking for also. So yeah. it just, it happens organically. Right. But there's not, in business, there's not a lot of trust in that. Yes. In business, there's a lot of feeling like things have to be forced or made to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I like us to have that space where we can just allow things yeah. to happen.
0: Okay. Yeah. So tell me more about the feminine divine or the masculine what
1: did you say? Divine masculine and divine Divine feminine. Yeah. So what does that mean? So those are kind of the energy signatures and everybody has masculine and feminine within them. So it's Mm -hmm. not like women are all divine feminine and men are all divine masculine. And it is possible for those things to be either in or out of balance within an individual and then also, also at a larger level, like within a family or within a society or mm. within a subset of society, like within business. Sure. So in business in the United States, we tend to be out of balance towards the masculine side. So masculine is hot, it's sun, it's light, it's linear and structured mm. and it's causal. Divine feminine, is the exact opposite of that. It's circular. Okay. It's water. It's darkness. It's moon. It's cool. It's flowing and allowing and creative and associative. Associative in comparison to causative? Yes. Mm, expand. So, divine masculine energy is more about looking for those very direct connections where Divine Feminine is more about recognizing the whole of connection, like the way that everything is intertwined and interconnected and being able to allow, so we'll come back to that word again, Mm -hmm. being able to allow things to pass through those interconnections and reach you in a variety of forms Mm -hmm. rather than having this very specific structured thing cause and effect. Yes. Brilliant.
0: I I love that. It's so it that's it, such a um an intuitive feeling that you don't understand I I do not understand is part of just everyday life. You just think that oh th- what I'm doing right now feels pretty good, but really what I'm doing is in that moment is probably nothing. And I it's allowing, like you said, allowing things to just kind of piece together. And it's so funny in in our business, my business, if you are quiet and nothing is happening, you immediately have this panicked feeling like, Oh my gosh, I've got to go do. Like you said, I've got to go create. I've got to go find. I've 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 got to, got to, got to. And it's this high pressure when it's so funny over the last you know, three to six months or so in my business, I have allowed myself, quote unquote, allowed myself to just take a break because it's the end of COVID. It's the end of all of the chaos over the last three years. And intentionally, I'm like, I'm going to just enjoy this summer. And it's it's crazy how many things have just pieced themselves together without with me standing back doing nothing.
1: Isn't that amazing? Isn't it? Allowing is so cool. It is.
0: And if you can just... Do yourself a fiv- a favor and just allow it to happen. But sitting back sometimes is the hardest part for the drivers, right? Yes.
1: And that's <laughs> so that's another thing that that young deb was very hyper masculine, mm-hmm. very structured, mm-hmm. very focused, totally unaware mm-hmm. of the fact that something like you just described could actually happen, that you can actually do less but yes. create and receive more. Oh. Oh. And again, there has to be a balance, right? Because you can't do nothing. right? There has to be action. The best description that I ever saw, um, and this is what really like cemented the concept of the balance between masculine and feminine to me is that the concept that feminine is a river Uh and masculine is the banks. So if you have a river with no banks, then it just spreads out and dissipates and you have no flow, right? Yes. But if you have all bank and no river, you don't have any flow either. You have right. a dam. It just gets stuck. So you require the flow of the feminine with the structure of the masculine in balance to mm. create that amazing force that a running river has. Wow. Yeah, no, that is that is super, super powerful.
0: Very good stuff. Um yeah. So moving a little bit into what you do on a daily, you, you mentioned that you work exclusively
1: with women. What where did that come from? That came from a couple of places. One of them was my own healing. So I would have been the first person to tell you twenty years ago, I don't like women and they don't like me. Um, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I've said
0: that a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, and I still do treasure the men in my life, and I and I always will, but part of my healing was to bring forth my own feminine energy and to be not just comfortable in but proud of being female and feminine, mm-hmm. and so connecting with that for myself was part of that evolution and part of that choice. The other reason that I coach women is because I feel like I have a more direct understanding of what women are going through in their lives. So mindset work is mindset work. It doesn't have a gender, right? It doesn't have an X chromosome or a Y chromosome. It's just mindset work. Right. But I don't necessarily understand how men are affected directly in their lives by their mindset because I'm not a man. Right. So I have nearly five decades of experience in how women, are affected right. by their mindset mm-hmm. because I'm a woman right so I feel like it's the space that I am most comfortable mm-hmm. speaking in and speaking to sure
0: okay that I mean that makes total sense I was always kind of curious if it was something that had something that had happened somebody that I mean that you had a profound effect on and you just had this realization that that's the route you needed to go that's super interesting and what I like too about you is that looking at you and watching your lifestyle it's you would never know that you work exclusively with women like so just for the 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 listeners here that aren't able to see um Deb is currently curled up in uh you know cross-legged position, sitting on a chair, all cozy with a bandana because she rolled up on her Harley. (laughs) And I love, I just, I I love that. I relate greatly to that, that, that that balance. It's a very healthy balance. I like that you do a lot of things that are masculine in in general, but you have a very creative, female, delicate side to you too. It's, it's, it's
1: beautiful. Thank you. It's a lovely place to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How did you come across your gift your your field of coaching how did how did you get into it
1: so we have to go way back for Yay, that so in my well if we want to go all the way back to the origins in my early teens i developed a depression mm-hmm. and then we could fast forward to my mid-20s when that was crippling like i was missing probably an average of a day a week of work because I simply could not get out of bed. Oh wow. And it was just really it was a very dark time for me. My marriage at that time was not healthy and I was not healthy physically or mentally and I finally got myself some therapy mm-hmm. and Up to this point in my life, I had been an on-again, off-again exerciser with my motivation being how I felt in my body. So if I felt good in my skin, I did not exercise because it was all about how I looked and how I felt. Okay. So if I felt good in my skin, I didn't exercise. And then if I didn't feel good, I did. So I had, at this point, I probably had mm, 10 or 12 years of that under my belt. And I went in for therapy. And one of the very first questions that my therapist asked me was, do you exercise? And I said, no i used to and i don't feel good enough yeah and she said well you need to start again Mm -hmm. so young deb was a super good rule follower so somebody gave me a rule that i needed to exercise so i went home and followed it and i I very quickly realized that it was immensely powerful for me in managing my symptoms
0: Mm.
1: and from there i learned some mindset things and some tips and tricks and tools from my therapist. And I started messing around with my diet a little bit. And I realized that actually I had a tremendous amount of control over this thing that had felt like it was controlling me. Mm -hmm. So at that point in time, I thought this is really important. Like people need to understand that you can change your outcomes. I was pretty excited about this concept. So at this point, I'm in my late twenties. I am recently divorced mm-hmm. and I'm really excited about this idea that people can really shift their reality mm-hmm. all pretty much all by themselves. I mean, I did, I did have a professional help me and many people have professionals help them. Thank right. goodness, or I would never yeah. get paid. Right. Um, so, but the, I did the work, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody just said, here, here's some work that you could do. And I did it and it, and, and it changed my whole life. Right. So, Because my entry point Mm -hmm. into that sphere of changing your outcomes was health and fitness. Mm -hmm. That was what I decided I wanted to use to teach people. So I went to back to college and got a degree in kinesiology and I started working as a personal trainer and a health and fitness coach at that point in time. Okay. So that was the beginning of coaching for me. Sure. Yeah, and I think there's, that's
0: probably where a lot of people start. I mean, I know myself included, that exercise saved me as well. You know, when you're like hard, hard, for me it was hard partying, doing all the, you know, things that people say that in Butte, that's all there is to do, and that's all I, I you know, did. And the same thing, I discovered running first and then got extremely skinny fat type. And then, you know, from there it was, well, yeah. And you're like, oh, I want to look better because this is in the twenties, you know, divorced as well. And I'm like, oh, I just want to look good. And somebody's like, oh, pick up the weights. I'm like, oh yeah. And same thing. I got a, I I was like addicted to the gym, but, and it started out being something to like look good. But then I discovered the feelings and all of the natural chemicals. And all of a sudden I was like, man, My brain works better and wow Mm -hmm. i sleep better i feel better i think better and then all of a sudden then the mind shift starts too because i'm starting to feel good not only about myself just in general but i'm accomplishing goals i'm just all of those things and same thing my vehicle was exercise as well so i can see how easy it would be to say i because i did the same thing i'm like i want everybody to know how powerful exercise is and how it can change your life and so i could totally preach that everywhere. So i'd see where that goes. So then what happens after you you you're so you're doing didn't you work in a nursing home or a, a an assisted living?
1: Area? I did for many many years. Yeah. I in addition to what you would kind of typically expect of a personal trainer, i mm-hmm. also worked in assisted living facilities and senior living communities. And I did one-on-one exercise before I moved to Montana. I actually did group exercise. I actually was the fitness director at a senior living community. And then when I moved here, um, I occasionally taught group classes, but for the most part, I did one-on-one with seniors. So that was a, that was an aspect of my business for a long time.
0: Yeah. And what, a, I mean, that's a, that's, that's powerful. Cause I mean, that's, you're not trying to help people look good, right? I mean, in senior community or, or are they, are they still trying to look good for the no. cute guy down the hall?
1: Nope. <laughs> no. And you want to talk about a place where you can see the impact of oh. exercise. The, because so many of them came to me so deconditioned, Sure, their results were super immediate and very, very life changing. Wow. You know the difference between I have to have somebody come help me go to the toilet because I can't get up out of my chair by myself, mm-hmm. and I can stand up and walk to the dining room by myself in just a matter of yeah. maybe two months, right? Yeah, and that's empowering. Like forget all the oh, I want to look good. Like that's empowering. Being able to give someone their their mobility back. And It was freedom. so cool. Yeah, that was those those were some of my favorite working hours in the health and fitness sphere. Sure. Okay. So then, so health and fitness then gravitated into
0: female, the the feminine niche of
1: life coaching or? Yeah, that was an interesting process. (laughs) (laughs) How does it happen? As life sort of is, right? Um, So I ran into the arms of health and fitness coaching and into this idea that I could teach people how they could affect their outcomes through exercise. But the universe sort of had to drag me kicking and screaming the rest of the way to where I am now. Oh, sure. So two, two, um, I call them two by four moments. So when the universe wants you to know something first, it whispers and then it speaks a little louder and then it might throw a pebble at your window. And if you just keep ignoring it, sooner or later it just comes along and hits you in the forehead with a two by four. So first two by four moment was I worked myself ill, very ill. Okay. So um, you know, back to pushing, forcing nice too skilling. much, yeah, too much drive, mm-hmm. not allowing, not resting. I had zero ability to rest and I was proud of it. Yep. Um So I did that until I literally couldn't do that anymore. So that was one of the catalysts that brought me to this place. In 2017, my hair started falling out, like a lot of hair. And so I started going to doctors and trying to figure out what was going on there. And that's a very long story that we don't necessarily need to dive into, but uh, I will suffice it to say that I was a, an absolute endocrine mess. All of my hormone system was messed up and out of balance. And it actually took me over a year of seeing doctors to be able to admit that I had fatigue.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. I was like, well, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm tired, but I, I, what I would say is I'm tired, but I earn it. I earn it because I'm so busy. Look at me. I'm so busy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. And so it took me probably eighteen months to actually recognize that I'm not tired because I'm busy. I'm tired because my body is not healthy. Yeah. Wow. So that was um two by four moment number one. So then I was no longer able to to sustain the pace and the attitude that I used to bring to my work. Right. Because I literally physically was incapable. Of doing it. So um, 2019, I'm coming to terms with that. Um, and with the fact that I'm I'm no longer living in the body that I used to live in. That was very scary for me because again, exercise has been my primary mental health management strategy. Right. And I have had very severe depression and also some anxiety in my life. And so Having to take a step back from that very high intensity, long duration, mm-hmm. six days a week exercise was terrifying.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So that was part of the the whole experience. And then, <clears throat> so about 2019, I'm working on coming to terms with these things. And then what happened in 2020? COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then I can't access my pathways to earn money because I was not a virtual trainer. I was a face-to-face trainer. Right. So at that, and it was actually, it actually wasn't spring of 2021 COVID hit. It was summer when here in Montana, at least things started to reopen Mm -hmm. and we were, kind of trying to get back into the swing of things. And it seriously reminded me of when I learned to drive a stick shift car, (laughs) like there was so much stalling out and starting and stopping and whiplashy sorts of experiences. And I got really fed up with that. Like I, because I was still trying to apply this very rigid thing. So like I would set up my schedule and i would spend time and effort and energy setting up this schedule which is really just a a, a written set of expectations for every day right yeah and then something would change something would open or something would close or someone's wife had a cough or whatever sure and then i would have to do it again and probably the 6th time i did that again i was like i don't i don't like this yeah. I like how this feels and so i had for a long time been saying I want place freedom. So because yes. I worked with people face to face, I had to be here. Right. I had to be here with my clients. But I had always said, I don't I don't want that for myself forever. Right. I want place freedom. I want to figure out how I can honor my mission yes. without having to be in the same place all the time. Yes. And so I just basically took COVID as an opportunity to move in that direction. Yes. So again, part of why I chose women was because it was part of my own healing to come back to feminine and the divine. And when I started really taking the time to A, rest, mm-hmm. to be look inside myself, to learn how to listen to my own inner guidance system, which I had – absolutely positively muffled. That thing was like a mummy in a lead coffin under the ocean. Yeah, (laughs) so so far down there, don't talk to me. I don't wanna hear what you have to say. So during these down times where I was unable to push hard, where everything was shut down, where I just had all of this space all of these shifts and revelations are happening. And one of those was that I really started to ask, like, what's my job here?
0: Yeah. What did I
1: come here to do? Mm-hmm. And I came here, as I said, to teach people that they have control over their own outcomes. But more specifically than that, I discovered that I came here to help women heal themselves. And that's part of healing, world yeah expand so we are pretty obviously as you begin to understand the concept of of banks and river and divine masculine and divine feminine and the need for balance between being and doing between sun and moon between action and rest we as a society are supremely out of balance sure in the favor of masculine To the extent that men are equally as unhealthy and as imprisoned as women. The patriarchy is real and it sucks. um, And it sucks for everyone. Mm -hmm. And healing that requires healing the feminine. First simultaneously, mm-hmm. um, and again, it's just, it's not that men aren't affected or that they don't need healing, it's just that I know that's not my Your job. Spot. I yeah. see, okay. So yes, men, I mean, men need help and healing every yeah. bit as much as women do. Men are totally denied access to their emotional world. Yes. They're, they are not allowed rest either. We, we detest rest in our whole society. Like we love being busy, we yeah. champion being burned out. Mm-hmm. Like 40% of paid vacation goes unused. For those of you who have paid vacation, those of us who do not, don't get that. No, like, I'm like, understand. what? What? Someone will pay you to not go to work and you go to work anyway? What is wrong with you? Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're right though. It's that, it's that it's built into you, you know, work hard, work hard. I mean, my, my uh, motto for real estate is work ethic sells real estate. And it's, It's true. I mean, our industry has become so, and I only speak to my industry just because that's what I know, but it's, it's relevant in society. But you, um, you, there are no boundaries there. There are Mm. none. There are no working hours. And in our industry, it's, if you don't work weekends, then you're going to get left behind because the expectation is that I want what I want and I want it now from a lot of, you know, the consumer. So they're like, I, I only have weekends off. That's when I have to go. So if we, as you know, real estate agents don't work on the weekends, you miss out on a ton of business. Well, what about evenings? Well, we only, you know, I can only look on the evening or in the evenings at houses. So us real estate agents are like, well, we'll work then too. Well, (laughs) when do you take time off? Well, you know, if I don't have anything going on, then I'll take a day off. So they're, you know, they just kind of, and it, it's just as a, as a, as an industry, all of them do the same thing. So then, all have to continue to do the same thing, or they'll get left behind. That's the thought. It's not true, right? Or it's so we true. believe, right? Yeah, exactly, it's not true, and I've discovered that for sure. But um, yeah, and societies, I think, is probably no different. It's you know, if I don't beat myself to to death working if I don't kill myself to get this degree faster than everybody else look at the kids the kids in our school system like in in, for for not only for education but for sports like I have people that are talking about their kids like bringing them to school you know either earlier or later and their their entire objective is around their accomplishments that they're going to have in high school and college sports and these guys are like four years old yeah I mean and then it's it's summer camps it's after whatever, after preseason camps, it's during, and I mean, they're just kids are run to death, burnt out
1: on go, 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 do, 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 in order to accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. It's it's sad. It is sad. It's not healthy, right? So too much banks, way too, too much banks, too much do, too much hot, too much sun. Yes, not enough be, not enough quiet, not enough dark, not enough rest.
0: But the pressure. when everybody else is doing and going and burning and running and it, it, and then you're just sitting, you're like, Oh, I'm being left
1: behind. Right. I mean, is that the number one thing? That's the fear, right? That, And that comes from another thing that's problematic in our society, which is we really have a lack consciousness in our society. So we have this idea that there's like one pie and there's only so many pieces. And if I don't hurry up and get my piece, someone else is going to get it. And then there won't be any pie for me. Right. (laughs) And that's not true. It's not true. And you already touched on this when you talked about stepping back, doing less yeah. taking more time away and watching how things came together for you effortlessly. Right. So again, it's about balance. You can't always mm-hmm. step back and do nothing. Right. You, sometimes you have to be the banks and sometimes you have to be the river. Sometimes yeah. you have to take the action and be the hot sun right. and do the work. But other times you need to be the flowing water and you need to lay back and you need to receive and allow and just stop, (laughs) stop, just stop. And so part of what we can do in the coaching sphere is we can deal with those thoughts that if I stop, I'm going to get left behind. Um, and we can look at this concept that like this is what everybody does, and real estate is such a beautiful microcosm of this whole macro level in our society that like hustle is good, yeah, you know, and hustle. and look, everything is good in moderation, including moderation. Mm. So you know, hustle hard sometimes, yeah, but. Lay in bed all day. Sometimes, also, right? right? And and so, learning to really take a step back and look at what are the messages that are being offered to you, mm-hmm. and do you actually want them? So this is that thing I was talking about when I was young and I was very unaware. And we we all start here. We all start unaware mm-hmm. of but absorbing the messages that are around us. And so one of the skills that we build in having a managed mind is being able to look and see and say, oh, I see what my industry is telling me I have to do to be successful. Yeah. Now I am going to choose for myself yes. whether I would like to subscribe to that thought or not. Right
0: call bullshit
1: (laughs) yeah well and so like I'm sitting here two feet from living proof that you don't have to do that because not only do you not do it personally but you teach your agents how to be successful without doing it also so you are a successful agent running a successful brokerage full of successful agents and none of you bought that none of you bought the bullshit
0: no no I bought the bullshit. Well. I definitely <laughs> bought the bullshit. But, it took but you returned five. it. Yes, year five. <laughs> I was like, whoa, burnout is real. Let's figure something else out. And it's, it's been the best thing ever. And I've had to actually go back and teach some of my agents that, hey, you know, the message that I gave you when you first joined me is probably... Not healthy. Oopsies. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. We can't go hard this long. It, it, like uh, learning, said, and it's, learning and yeah, growing, learning and growing. Yeah, and it's all seasons. It's just seasons. Like you know, when you first start out, you gotta hustle a little harder, but still put your family first. Like take care of your family, take care of your spouse, take care of yourself.
1: Mm. All of those
0: three, and then go back out, hustle hard, hustle hard, but take the break, take the time off. Do not miss any. You know, don't forget the reason that you started this type of a, of a. A business because right? you want to have
1: freedom yeah we don't become self-employed because we want to be slaves to our own business instead yeah. of someone else's business that's not the point no. no and that brings me to
0: the next question for you is you mentioned freedom i i call it physical freedom you called it place freedom place freedom we might be talking about the same thing. I think we probably are. <laughs> and that is uh, one of the, the big reasons I wanted to have you on this show is not only are you currently doing really, really cool and, and hearing you talk about your the, the, the background and the why of your business, I would say very powerful and um, the world is in need of type of services. But I also noticed about a month ago, maybe two, time gets away from me, that you were in another country working. And that's what really caught my attention because that's that's what I talk about all the time is on this show is the ability to live the life that you want to live to build this this lifestyle that others are you know either aspiring to do the same and they're learning from you or it's something that they're already doing and they're like, yeah, kick butt, way to go. And that may or may not have been something that you're working towards. Tell me about Place Freedom in Germany.
1: Yeah, so I had a... Um, I will give you just this tiny little bit of backstory that I had actually just taken a vacation. So um, we were scheduled, my husband and I were scheduled to go to Tennessee and the Nashville area and see my brother and his wife in 2020. So, mm-hmm. of course, we didn't go. Yep. So, we resurrected that trip in May of this year. And so I had a whole week that I was down there. I didn't work, we had a great time. It was all about having fun. And then I had a girlfriend contact me and say, Hey, I'm going to Germany to do a training. I would like to have you come over and help me a little bit. And then we'll just like vacation in Germany. And she she said, you know, we've, I've already got the rental car. I've got the place to stay. All you need is your plane ticket. Wow. Yeah. I'm in. Right. Yeah. Let me think about that. Okay. (laughs) So yeah. Twist my arm. I'll stop. Yeah. So when I When I planned to go, and I was gone for 10 days. And so when I planned to go, I chose to work while I was there. And I chose that very intentionally, not because I felt like I had to work, but because I saw an opportunity to do what I call living as if. Mm. So my long-term goal. What is, what is next for me? The period that I'm in with my business right now, because I did make a pretty big pivot. I changed my business model. Mm -hmm. I rebranded on a lot of levels. So right now I'm in that stage in business where I'm pouring most of my cash flow back into my business. I'm building some things that are going to allow me to scale. So that's kind of the phase that I'm in right now. The next phase after that, I would like to begin investing in properties Mm -hmm. in various locations where I would like to be able to spend time. and have those properties pay for themselves for their mortgage and taxes and maintenance and all Mm -hmm. of those kinds of things by using them as vacation rentals. And then when I want them to be my house, then I'm going Uh... to be the one who stays there. And so when I was invited to Germany, I didn't feel the need to have a vacation because I had just had one. Right. And I thought this is an opportunity for me to experience what it feels like to travel to go to another country, another culture, enjoy being there, have a great time, see the sites, do the touristy things, but also bring my work yeah. and do my job. Right. This is a chance for me, really my first chance since I made the pivot into a, a fully virtual business during COVID. Right. This was really my first chance to... Experience what that was like, and I was psyched. And I'm telling all my clients, okay, we got to change the time of day that we meet because yeah. I was eight hours ahead sure. of here. Yeah. So we're we're we know we're I'm changing up times, and everybody's like, we well, don't want to work while you're in Germany. And I said, no, I really, yeah, I really do. Actually, like yeah. I want to feel this in my physical body. I want to have the experience of doing this. Yeah. So that when I am manifesting what I want, mm-hmm. I don't have to make it up. Yeah, you can been there. I can just remember. Remember what it was like to sit on the 11th floor patio outside the condo in Germany, yeah. in downtown Munich, working?
0: Yeah. yeah. Doing coaching calls. Yes. Was Is that what you were doing? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly that you just described and I call it physical freedom. So place freedom, same thing, same thing, same thing. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I love that you talked about scaling because it's seasons. You're in a season, you and I are in the same season where we're building and we're starting to get it to scale where you can then step away and be anywhere in the world and still do what is meaningful in life to you. I mean I don't ever I don't want to not work like there's a lot of people and maybe it's maybe it's people that have just have been slaves to their jobs their whole life or they just just don't want to work anymore I love working I absolutely love helping people I love there's nothing that makes me happier than helping somebody else succeed in whatever it is that they're doing if it's trying to buy a house, trying to invest in a business, trying to learn the business of real estate, whatever it is. I love helping people succeed. But if I can do that and like you said, be anywhere in the world, like that is to me the definition of heaven. So yeah, we're saying the same thing. We have the same heaven. The same. I will see you there. Yeah, well, and it's, I I like your plan because I've talked, my poor husband, God bless him. We'll have to talk about Gene in a second to see how we, what he thinks about your plan. But um, we've been kind of researching different areas so that we can snowbird six months on, six months off from Montana. And I keep getting, you know, cause that, this is what we do as people. I get fixated on something and I'm like, okay, we're going to live in one place and then another place. But why does it have to be one place? Like we, and, and I was talking with somebody, I can't remember if it was probably Jackie cause I tell Jackie everything, but I'm like, you know, maybe I'm doing things wrong. Maybe instead, cause I know that I'm going to be here in Montana six months out of the year during the summer months. Cause there's nothing else that nowhere else I want to be. Nowhere else on earth better than Montana in the summer. It's the best. Yeah. But I keep thinking I have to be in one other place. So I'm like going to buy a place in Florida or it's going to be Arizona or it's going to be Costa Rica or whatever. So I'm researching these places, but gosh, dang, why does it have to be anywhere? And instead you're talking about buying Airbnbs in all of the places that you love. I told I think it was Jackie. I'm like, well, why don't I just Airbnb? And for those six months, you can spend a month here a month there, a month here, and then live in six places. It can be like six months of vacation while working, like you said. And most importantly is experiencing the different cultures. Mm -hmm. Experiencing like, because I I don't like being a tourist. Like part of me loves traveling because I get to see and experience other things. The other side of me is like absolutely loathes and despises it because I don't like feeling like a tourist. I don't like going where tourists go. I don't like, yeah you know what I'm saying? So like you talking about being on the the condo balcony, you're just another person that lives in Munich and you're just kind of working. I love that. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. And like being a tourist is for when you're a tourist. Being a tourist is for when you're somewhere for three or four days. It's yeah. not for when you own property no, somewhere. Then no. you want to be then yeah. you want to be a local, even though you're not a local 365 right. days a year.
0: Yeah, I want to be like in into like I want to go to mom and pop shops that locals yes. only know about. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm gonna eat my favorite thing every time. I'm you know I'm it's that's my favorite thing. Um, we, I took the family to Hawaii probably six years ago or so. And we, we were definitely tourists. I think like, that's what Hawaii is, is tourism. But we tried to stay in this cute little place that was a little bit off the beaten path. And we tried to just do, you know, travel to, um, like the locals, farmers market instead of going to like the touristy things. And it was the best part. And all my whole family agreed. They were like, the best part of this whole thing is just going down to the coffee shop in the morning and and sitting there and just watching the tourists, right? As a local, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. We've got the same, we've got the same heaven. So what is the plan to get there? Do you have um do you have like a some you're kind of a planner, you're kind of a box checker, you said. Do you have some sort of a script on how you're going to get there
1: yet or are we still building that? I am not to the script yet. No. Um like I don't even necessarily know where those places are right yet. So Definitely still in the season of building the financial abundance that's necessary to be able sure. to do that, creating yeah. the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, getting through that stage of putting most of my earnings back into my business and yep. getting to a point where the business is running super smoothly with uh, less of my effort. Yes. So, in the last couple, mm, probably last 18 months or so, I've done a pretty good job of beginning to bring team members in. And so far Mm -hmm. they've been just contractors that have kind of come and gone as I've needed a little bolstering, but it's, it's, that's new for me. I've always been a true solo printer doing everything myself and doing only some of it very well, because that's the reality of totally being a human is you're only good at so many things. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the best business lessons that I've learned in the last few years is that you are um, you should stop trying to do all the things oh, that you're yeah. not good at and just, yep, just pay just somebody else pay who else. loves to do that thing yep. that you don't like to do that you're really not good at. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so still um, moving in that direction where I would have a more permanent team and, you know, I'm beginning to move out of the all the roles i call it the ceo role the chief everything officer yes yeah so moving out of the chief everything officer role um and really building a beautiful team that helps to support me um so that's really what's next in the business and then i'll be able to start really crafting the plan for for becoming for for moving to heaven
0: yeah moving (laughs) to heaven and i guess before we wrap this up as for i mean that's all the work stuff that's all i mean which It's not work if it's your lifestyle and you love it, which is kind of why we sometimes don't get off of that topic on this show because people are doing things that they love and it incorporates their entire life into it. But I know that you are a tango dancer. I know that you like, I think, rock climbing. You're into some of that. What else occupies your time? What is it that you want to have free time to go do?
1: Uh, Travel, for sure. So I don't do nearly as much of that as I would like to do. I'm super curious like that's one of my my strongest personality traits so sure. i want to go new places and see new things and learn stuff and just experience different cultures, you know, I mean, and it's as simple as like, oh, I've never seen a flower that looks like that before. Yeah. That's so cool. Right. Look at their mountains are made out of this kind of rock. That's not the kind of rock our mountains are made out of. Yes. Like I'm so, I'm so super easily entertained. It's part of why my life is so fun because yeah. I, don't, I don't require a lot to be no. entertained. So I would definitely like to travel more. I'm a voracious reader So that's something that, um, I don't need any more time to do that because I already take plenty of time to do that. that, But, um, but that's another thing that you will often find me doing. I absolutely love food. I love food. Oh my God. Me too. Such a foodie. One of my favorite things about travel is, you know, getting to experience different cuisines, different kinds of food. Mm -hmm. And, um, also my favorite thing in Hawaii was the farmer's markets. Oh, I know. Aren't they so cool? Oh, so we stayed on Kauai Mm -hmm. and, there was at least, which is a tiny, tiny island. If if the listeners haven't been there, it's super small. Less
0: touristy, more outdoorsy. uh,
1: Yes, and you can get from, and and about a third of the island is like a preserve. You can't actually live there. So- when you take a third of a tiny island away, you're left with a very tiny island. And so you can drive from one end to the other very quickly. And so sure. somewhere on Kauai every day of the week, there is a farmer's market open. Yeah, heaven. Um, and so like just to be able to cook and eat like that, to, mm-hmm. to be able to go out and just choose from what is fresh that day. Oh yeah. And let that guide what I'm cooking and eating. like. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's definitely, that's like the doormat of heaven, (laughs) the doormat of my heaven. Welcome to heaven. You can eat all the fresh things here. Um, so I do love to cook and I love to eat. So those are big things that I do really anything outside. And I absolutely love the water. So we bought paddle boards a couple years ago. Yes. Um, and that's one of my favorites. I'm, I am not an adrenaline junkie. So when, when you say that I rock climb, I would like everyone to know that that does involve all of the equipment. And sometimes I cry (laughs) because it's scary. So I'm not an adrenaline junkie. Um, so, but I do love to be outside. So like hiking, camping, paddle boarding, floating, or I don't have a lot of experience like kayaking, but I would sure. love to learn more about it. Yeah, it looks super fun. Rolling, if you can learn to roll, apparently yeah, you're kind of good from there. That's the and swimming. You have that's to That's the to swim. scary part. I'm a good swimmer. Ooh, I swim with so it's <laughs> not my thing. But I want to. Know. I am also a sinker, yeah. but I, but I. I'm a powerful swimmer, so I overcome my natural car key-ness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're so lucky.
0: I'm a doggy paddling fool. Like, I can doggy paddle, but as soon as like water starts splashing my face, it's over. I'm like, oh God, I'm dying.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna drown. I'm gonna drown. <laughs> oh, there's water in my eye. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I think so. It went on my nose. Are there
0: microbes in here? <laughs> oh, oh, I got, speaking of Hawaii, I mean, I got kicked out of scuba diving, snorkeling. Oh. No, not snor- snorkeling. Snorkeling maybe nauseous because I'm terrible. The seasickness. I got kicked out of surfing because I can't, I got nauseous and seasick. I couldn't do that. And then scu- or, uh, scuba diving, I got straight up booted in the Caribbean because I panicked and I guess I was like grasping and like ripping other people's face masks Oh, off. way to go. It, it touched my nose. It was leaking in and it touched my <laughs> nose and I was going to die. It's inside my mask. It was no. terrible. I'm going to die here. I'm sure of it. For sure. And I was like four feet underwater, but you don't... <laughs> I
1: don't know he could have sunk me more I don't know there's sharks so yeah it's actually one swimmer. of the first things you learn in lifeguarding is that um you that people who are panicked will oh, yeah. try to drown you oh I was like I was throwing punches I mean that's what the ooh. big red thing is that lifeguards hold oh. that's so that they can give that to you Save so yourself. it floats <laughs> right they give that to you not only so that you have something that floats, but also because it creates a physical barrier between your panicked ass and them.
0: <laughs> and, and you, the good Samaritan, <laughs> trying to save my panicked ass. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Fun facts. Fun facts. Big reader too, huh?
1: Yeah, that's where I get all the fun facts. Yeah,
0: from reading. It's, do, you, do you read fiction, nonfiction, both?
1: Yes. All of it. Yes. Just let you read it. Uh, I read in bed every night, which is, that's a lifelong habit. Like my parents used to read to me. Mm. Um, or my grandparents, if they were watching me every night when I went to bed. And then when I could read on my own, I would read every night in bed. So my whole life, um, and that is my fiction time. So that's my wind down, oh, good. like unplug, let's, let's explore somebody else's lifetime. Yes. Um, and then during the day or in the evenings before I go to bed, yeah, I'm not a TV watcher. Um, so my husband will wind down with a little bit of TV in the evenings. And mm-hmm. oftentimes while he's watching TV, I am that's when I'm reading nonfiction. Yeah. Or if it's like if I'm like, you know what, I need a half an hour outside on the on the porch rocker. Yeah. Then I that's where that's where my nonfiction reading comes in. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm a better person when I'm reading for sure. If I ever fall off the wagon of reading and I get in a funk, that's usually all I have to do is pick up a book and it's usually opposite of what I what I feel at that time. Like I don't want to read this productive thing or I don't want to read about um, something, you know, intellectual, but as soon as I pick it up, it engages my mind. And then immediately I'm kind of pulled out of that Mm. funk. So it's another really good savior. Um, Fun story before we break this thing off here in the near future but uh, oh my god I I recently started because I've been doing all this resting thing that you talk so much about this flow this river this non-bank stuff and just being and summer's amazing and I have a front porch too that I'm madly in love with so I've been sitting out there quite a bit and oh I'm just gonna pick up a book and I've actually picked up non-fiction for or I mean sorry fiction for the first time in I don't know I think the last fiction book that I actually read was probably um, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. It's been, wow. I know it's bad. It's, I'm not proud, but it, funny story. So I started, I don't even know what the name of the book is to be quite honest. I just kind of randomly picked it and it was on audio or audible because it's, you know, sometimes I can't sit and read. So I do it when I'm driving and, uh, it started, it got into this, like, I didn't know what I was reading and it got into like naughty talk. Oh yeah. And it was, <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, is that what I bought? Yeah, I'm driving on the road. I got my beagle dog sitting next to me and I'm like, oh my God, plug your hair, plug your <laughs> hair. So, <and> I, um, <laughs> earmuff scout, earmuffs. Oh God, it was Bruno. He was the baby even, you know, he's like only two years old. I'm like, oh my God. And my face is beet red. I'm by myself in the car and all I can think <laughs> is I look to the left and there's somebody in the traffic, you know, at the, the traffic light. I'm like, oh God, they know I'm listening to this naughty stuff. Oh my God, did he just say that? And like the words they're using, I'm like trying not oh, to grow up. Tears
1: are like, leaking out. Of my eyes right I now. cannot not
0: find my my <laughs> phone to shut it <laughs> off. I'm like a mortal <laughs> sinner. I'm going funny. to hell. I don't
1: know. <laughs> it's just like scuba diving, only worse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I got to stop talking about your penis. <laughs> <Like it was laughs> <so bad. laughs> oh. oh my god. Yeah. So and then, but then I'm committed. I'm into the book now. I mean, I've already read like three chapters. Now I have to finish this pornographic (laughs) tome that I purchased. And then I look, and so then I really get into it. And and it's like a best-selling author. And it's like one of these, it was on Reese Witherspoon's best-selling list. And it's not pornographic. That's apparently just what, it's just a genre. It's just a comedy or a drama or some kind of a thing for women's reading. And that's apparently quite normal to have those
1: I've never experienced it. Now, look at you. Look at you growing in all of the ways. I have
0: grown in a lot of ways, (laughs) just like that guy in that book. It was mortifying listening to it. (laughs) Just like the guy in the book. That's all they talked about. I'm like, stop. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad, for that part. I I shut it (laughs) off as fast as I could. (laughs) But anyway... Uh, Yeah, so is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap this out and let you give some time to uh, give shameless plugs on where people can find more about Deb Penner?
1: What else would I like to share? I would just very much like to remind everybody there have been some really incredible people and some really incredible voices and some really incredible stories on this podcast. And I think it's so easy when you are in your mom car with french fries, you know, in between the seats and dog nose prints on the windows. And, you know, you realize you're wearing two different socks and all of those kinds of things to listen to something like this and think that you are separate from it. no Mm -mm. Everybody that has been on this podcast and everybody that will be on this podcast is a human being exactly like you. Normal. Yes. Normal people. Yes. And so when you listen to the lifestyles and the stories in this podcast, Mm -hmm. don't ever tell yourself the lie that it's not available to you. Oh gosh, no. Every dream that you have in your heart is available to you. Yes. Every single one of them. At any age. Yes.
0: It does. It's never too late. You can start anytime and most of the time it's just connecting yourself with somebody else that maybe has a little more experience or maybe somebody else that tried something and there's always somebody there that's willing to help get you started in whatever path that is. There's always somebody that's gone before you that is willing to put a hand out and help help get you going and if that person's not available, you're there too. I mean, like they, you, you've got the power within yourself. It's usually a book. You can find it in a book to get started. And it just, it just snowballs from there. Yes. We're all normal people. Yes. much So (laughs) good point. Thank you so much, Deb. I'm going to go ahead and shut her down for this time. And if people want to find more about Drops in the Bucket or the Phenom
1: Conference that's coming up this fall. Where do we go? So the easiest place to find that information is on my website, with which is Drops D R O P S with Deb. So there is a Phenomenon page on there. That's the women's retreat. You can check that out. You can read more about my story there. You can get in touch with me there. And then if you're looking for me on social media, all of my social media is at Drops with Deb.
0: All right, and I'll definitely reference all of that in this podcast, in the leer, or in the. Uh, description below so you can click on it from there as well and if you've got questions I strongly encourage you to reach out get in touch with Deb and yeah thank you so much for being on our show
1: thank you
0: take care